The Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process, LL Pavorsky Jewelers, where rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. The Athletic, where you should read all of your Sixers content, and DraftKings, DraftKings, DraftKings. Today on the Rice Ricky Sanchez, we will look at the bright side of a loss like we have for the last half a decade. We're very used to this. What we thought of Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz, Joel Embiid, Robert Covington, everybody else, how we were wrong, everybody else was right. And maybe, maybe, maybe we'll discuss a potential change in the starting lineup that doesn't involve Markel Fultz. Without further ado, let's get it done. We talk a lot about process, not outcomes. Sam Hinkie. Belated genius, I guess? Is that what we call him? He worked for the Sixers, figured out this loophole in the draft system. It worked, but he got fired, and now he is a hero in Philadelphia. I think it's Hinkieism. I think the man has started a... He, he, it's like Marxism. I mean, he reframes the way we think about the world. <laughs> the funniest thing about it is the Sixers fans love him now. So now you really have to face yourself in the mirror every day look at the reality of what's here and the reality of what can be. Nobody bought any Paul Millsap jerseys. <laughs> nobody cheered for Paul Millsap because nobody gives a fuck about Paul Millsap. Can we end the podcast on that? That was so good. This is 100% Hinky, 0% Colangelo. It's not about how it turns out. It's not about how it turns out. I mean, it was just... I can't believe it was real. Like yeah. as much as I, as much as I've been like the picks are swapping, the picks will swap. I believe the picks will swap. The fact that it actually did, just so good. Yes, me. I'll continue to talk about. We should try to keep our end goal in mind, which is to build a championship caliber team in Philly. Um, that won't come overnight. Welcome to the Rights of Ricky Sanchez. I am Spike Eskin, along with a guy who does not have a minute's restriction. He only rests when he's tired. That is Mike Levin. Morning, Mike. And I'm always tired. Always tired and never resting. Yeah. Sleep What's when up? You're dead. We had a game. We had a game. We did it. Speed. We did it. We made it through another offseason. We did it. <laughs> Uh, speaking of minutes restrictions, Joel Embiid, I think given the fact that we were told he was going to play about 16 minutes and he played 27, and he said afterwards that he's just going to rest when he's tired, can we, until he injures himself again, God forbid, can we just put this part of it to bed, the how many minutes he's playing thing to bed? I think that's done for now, right? Can we say that's done? It's always been dumb. Well, no, not, not dumb, but done. D-O-N-E. Like, can we, can we, like, it's not an issue now. I think they accidentally made it an issue before this game. They did. You know? But, like, anytime anybody's working back from injury or not playing for a while, they would say, be like, yeah, we're going to give, we're going to work them in and we'll see how it feels. Like, that's what happened. Everybody loves, as soon as they start, like, it became like a boogeyman, like the minutes restriction. And it became just like a reason to be, to like not, take his, his candidacy for rookie of the year seriously which fuck them and or just like the team like anytime anybody comes back from injury they they like you know they ease him in what are we doing yeah i guess the the issue with him is that he's he's always coming back from injury or at least it seems like it so um 
so, but the, you know, you played 27 minutes last night, looked a little, and we'll get into this, maybe looked a little slow on defense and definitely needs his, his wind back. But all in all, a, uh, you know, the, the minutes restriction didn't really change much of anything. And to be honest with you, if we're just talking about minutes for him, I don't think he's more than a, you know, unless it's a huge game, he's probably like a 30 minute a game player. I don't think he should be. He's 7'2, 285. I don't, with, with in, an injury history, I don't think him playing 36 minutes a game is ever, you know, the best idea for him anyway. So if he played 27 after coming, after only playing five on five for two weeks, I'd say that we're probably pretty close to normal. Yeah. Yeah. Right? right? Yeah. So, so before we get to uh, to everybody else, and we'll talk about Embiid a little bit more, uh, the return of the five-star r- ratings and reviews, Mike. We're looking for t- 2,000 of them on Apple Podcasts, and we'll read a good one every time. We're up to 1,143, so closing in on 2,000. This comes from 76 Night Shift. And his subject line is the only Sixers podcast. I was going to DM this to Spike, but that's a no slide zone, apparently. Yeah, I did have open DMs for about two days, and then I realized what a mistake that was, by the way. Um, Podcasts are my constant driving companions. There are two podcast segments ever that have turned me into a roof-punching lunatic on the road. The first was uh, Dennis uh, Smith Jr. snagging number two on Spike's (laughs) YouTube big board, and the second was every second of TJ. Thank you both for walking us through the desert. Five MBs. So there you go. Five stars. All right. The... So first of all, I guess just general thoughts and reactions. I think the thing that stuck well, they won, right? Well, they won. <laughs> they did not win. <laughs> um, but you know, well, that now and by the way, now that they're expected to win, we can the the real moral victory clause is going to come into the discussion. Well, <laughs> because we we've, we've been all about moral victories for you know four years now. So uh, I I really could have swore they won. I watched it pretty late. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they won. No, honestly, they should have won because they uh, like a, a fluke turnover and then a, just a crappy turnover, and then Reddick yeah. missing a wide o- a, a three that he always hits, and Embiid was wide open if he if he swung it around to him. Like they won that game. They did. They might as well have. You know, they might as well have won the sure, game. Right. It was basically a win. There, it should they, be. It should be like hockey. They should have. It should be a point system, right? Like two points for a regular win, zero points for a loss, and then for the Sixers, two points for a game like this. Yeah, like a basic, a basical win. Yeah. It's called it's basical. <laughs> a basical win. <laughs> I thought, um, like, first of all, I I secretly expected them to get uh, blown out. Yes, like I thought they were going to get their asses handed to them yesterday. Uh, secret, secret pessimist. Well, I one of the things that always that that teams benefit from at the beginning of a season especially with a shortened preseason which this was was if all the players are the same and the you know i you remember that from the the strike or the lockout shortened season with the sixers when they started off like 11 and 3 or something and i think their only advantage was that they had all the same people so mm-hmm. the wizards had all the same guys and we didn't and i thought that was just that was basically going to be the um the story of it but <clears throat> the Sixers played much better than I thought they would and I think the the one thing the thing that stuck out to me first was and this is I think a direct symptom of Ben Simmons but how much faster I thought they were playing than 
in terms of pushing the ball every single time that I ever mm-hmm. remember them playing before. You know, uh, and that was the one thing I noticed about Simmons is his, and it benefits him obviously because of he's he's less effective in half court than he will be if they're running it. But they were playing really fast and really aggressively and um, and pushing the tempo, and the Wizards played right into it. It almost looked like a. This is going to sound funny, but it almost looked like an all-star game pace to me sometimes with the amount that both teams were running. I just don't remember seeing NBA teams run as much as both teams did yesterday. Yeah, I mean, uh, they Simmons does grab and go, and I, I'm just going to lean into the on-brandness. So does TJ. Uh, he yeah. pushes it. That's, that's, his, that's his whole deal as a backup point guard is to – uh, is to put pressure on the defense and and just and push the ball, but uh, but Simmons, yeah, I mean, like he he commands a lot of attention, and even though I have significant concerns about him, his finishing ability, his shooting ability, his ability to like actually draw contact and go to the line, and then when he's at the line, hit shots. Uh, when he's pushing the ball like that, he is commanding so much attention that he can kick it out to guys sort of lingering at the, th- the three-point line or cutters uh, such as Mr. Luau Cabrero. Um, so I, it's it, it's mitigated by my, – my some of my concerns are mitigated by by how much the defense just pays attention to him. Yeah, and he – I mean he had to be – he. I, I don't think he could have looked better than he did yesterday all in all, you know, in, in terms of – he looked good. Get, getting to the rim and you know it it was the first opportunity i think you know well it was the first time that we see him in the regular season but you look at the starting lineup and you're like so is it going to be jason smith you know you you look at <laughs> you know so who's going to do this and if it's auto you know if it's auto porter does that mean that jason smith is on covington because i'll take that too honestly um, when J- jason smith might have separated his shoulder on purpose so he didn't have to cover anybody yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I think Simmons looked, looked not only better than I thought he would in, in a first regular season game and really fast, but, uh, more comfortable than I, I figured he would look, you know, he, yeah, he, he, he didn't try, he didn't try those like sort of the offense has stalled. I guess I'm going to sort of half break my man down, but not be able to do it stuff. He, yeah. play, he played. He played within himself, which was nice to see. Well, and even when they were backing him off, he just sort of took that space and used it to gain steam to the rim. I mean, he was not afraid of trying to finish around the rim and in the lane. You know, he was he was taking. You know, it wasn't always a layup, but there, he was taking those two and three foot shots, and he was getting in there. And you know, he had you you had mentioned that you know there's a chance. Hey, maybe he doesn't even average ten points. The fact that he scored eighteen points last night without shooting at all I thought was pretty impressive I mean I I I just think his the thing about Simmons that his floor is so high you know the the idea that he is not at least an above average NBA starter and I'm saying that as a floor that's a really high floor for a rookie you know that you're saying at least he's going to be that I don't see any way that he's below that even if he doesn't fix any of the problems that he has that he has his his um his size and speed speed advantage is so noticeable and he's such a good passer it would be hard for him not to end up being a good player I think yeah I agree I agree and he played he played really like to to play as within himself last night and to get to like be looking for his shot without forcing anything, um, 
It was impressive. I mean, it was a good, it was a good game. I don't, I don't want to come out like I'm, I'm a Simmons hater. His just flaws are just so obvious and seemingly correctable, and I just don't know that he's willing to, you know, I, I haven't seen any sort of or heard about any like renewed, uh, just I'm going to take a billion shots and I'm not going to let this weakness, you know, affect my career. I'm gonna get there so it's easy to point it out like obviously you your favorite thing is pointing out guys who can't shoot or dribble yeah and so it it should be like oh i'm an nba player i should <laughs> be able my, to shoot that's my favorite thing it's your favorite thing over love like, I mean, and pizza yeah. and everything yeah. <laughs> easily over love and pizza <laughs> yeah. uh but i mean like and like the foul shots it's just it's just i might i there's there's for sure a chance that i'm just focusing on the obvious things that that I feel like he should correct or is not putting the work in. And uh, if he does that, I mean, he's he has that, like, ridiculous ceiling. I just haven't seen that. I don't know. I'm still waking up. So well, he, he was, really, he was yeah. really good last night. That's, that's really it. It would be nice to – it's sort of a bummer that it doesn't seem like he did anything with his shot when he had a whole year off, I guess, you know? Um, and I don't think they're, they're going to do anything with it during the season, really. I don't yeah. think there's a ton of time to adjust. But from year one to year two, it's got to be something. He just he has to get more comfortable. It, it, honestly, he doesn't, even, he doesn't have to shoot three-pointers. If he's comfortable shooting 15 to 17 feet out, it changes his game a hell of a lot, at least for now. Um, that should be the he's first just step. A, he's just a rhythm player in on the court and there's just a flow to watching him play and when he gets to the line he kind of just like grabs the ball and sort of steps up to the line haphazardly looks at it like just like there's no rhythm to his foul shot and i think that's why it's like it starts from nothing and it's just you know it's just he's sort of just hoping when he gets there before we get to the uh, other specific guys, the other thing that i noticed right off the bat and this is right at the beginning was that starting lineup just the amount of guys on the court that can shoot i you know who can actually shoot? Not that we can hope hope can shoot. Yeah. The starting lineup with Bayless and Covington and um, and Reddick, and then even Embiid. It just I don't know. It changes everything. It's not like Covington was wide open or anything. And we'll we'll get to him, you know, later. But um, but when everybody's a threat like that, all of a sudden I feel like we're you know the other good the the good teams in the NBA have the ability to do that and we have not over the last several years so you know we're busy trying to put Okafor and Noel on the court at the same time you know while other yeah. teams are like hey all five guys can shoot threes you know yeah so, it certainly opens things up for yeah, sure yeah it changed a lot um before let's let's talk about Embiid and Fultz before we do Mike why don't we talk about our sponsor DraftKings Draft Kings. So did you know, Mike, that DraftKings is not just football? No, 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 no. DraftKings has basketball too. And with the basketball season has started, you know, as as we know, you can do one-day fantasy basketball with DraftKings.com. And here's the great thing about one-day fantasy basketball with DraftKings.com. If you have a bad draft in your regular league, like Mike did the other night, um, Easy. And you have to <laughs> you have to suffer with that roster. You can Easy. play. Yeah, right. You can play every night 
uh, with a different lineup with DraftKings. You can do public contests with huge cash prizes. You can do private contests where you can, if you have a bunch of friends you want to beat up on that you know you're better than, you can do that. Uh, you can draft Paul Millsap in whatever league you want yeah. to piss off your podcast co-host. <laughs> right. You can take Markel Fultz in the third round, whatever whatever you want to do, just to make sure you stay on brand. That's uh, right. DraftKings has beginner contests, casual contests. Uh, you just take eight players, you stay under the $50,000 salary cap, you get points for scoring, assists, blocks, rebounds, and everything else. And the best part is, even if you have a bad league team like Mike, you can draft a new team every day without any commitment. Um, okay, just because you're reading the copy doesn't mean that I'm not going <laughs> to let it slide. I have an organizational philosophy, and a plan was executed, and John Gonzalez is envious of the plan of that I'm plan? putting into place. So... Um, uh, and the other thing I'll say about, you know, drafting. You didn't even get Trevor Johnson or Tyler Johnson. I know. Trevor Johnson. I got screwed at him. Yeah. Uh, but I can get him every night in DraftKings if I want to. I can have him every night in DraftKings. And the best thing about DraftKings fantasy basketball, and this is what I use fantasy basketball for, is it's a really easy way to keep up with the rest of the league. You know, you only have so much time to watch every single game. But if you're playing DraftKings fantasy basketball, you can keep up. Go to DraftKings.com right now. Use the code RTRS to play for free with your first deposit for your share of $10,000 in total prizes tonight. That's code RTRS to play for free with your first deposit only at DraftKings. The game inside the game, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right. Embiid. Let's talk about Embiid. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. He had 18 points and 13 rebounds in 27 minutes. He was a monster. And it sort of looked like at the end of the game when they needed him to take over and get a bucket or two, like it looks like he can get a bucket whenever he wants to. Like he, he might have been holding back the rest of the game. I, I just, when he gets his wind, the, the only part of the game to me that he looked deficient was defensively. He was not the sort of terror that we were used to last year. And I have to imagine that's due to his stamina. You took Tim Hardaway Jr. in the sixth round. What are you talking, throwing trash around here for? That was you for legs. Out, Wait a minute. Kept, that was you for kept legs. Alfred Payton. Come on. That was for what legs. Both legs moves. Both legs oh. moves. 100%. I trade off. I have another owner. I trade off of him all the time. My my fan base is savaging yours right now on the internet. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I have a. I have a. I, there is a pro, I, t- I drafted Nerlens. You're. You want my team so bad. Wait a minute. I after I took Covington. Wait after you take Nerlens. I told legs in our chat. I said, hey, we just um, mind tricked uh, Mike into trying to be more processed than us. He just took Nerlens too early. I feel great about it. Nerlens didn't miss a shot last night. <laughs> I know. Six to six. It would have been nice to have him, actually. Was he six to six? I think he had 16 points, 11 boards, and three blocks. No big deal. And Four million. And he was like a plus 17, and Dirk was like a minus. I don't know. They looked, yeah. they looked a lot better when he was on the court. Let's talk about anyway, Embiid. 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 I'm, this, this fantasy beef is going to be forever. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. Also, my team is I am processing. You'll see what happens. Okay. I am the most processed team. You should you're gonna start being, you're gonna leave leave legs, try to come work for my team. I'm gonna say no. It'll probably not. I'll, I'll, I'll I'm dedicated to legs. I like being on the okay. same same front office with legs. Okay. And be yeah, I mean d- defensively he just didn't he didn't look like he was there. Like if, if Ian Mahimi's scoring on him, like you know that he's just not all the way there yet. Uh, Martin Gortat, obviously you don't like him, uh, and he's getting paid a million dollars to be mediocre, but he also never missed a shot from six feet out in his life. 
No, uh, I, I don't dislike him. He and he's I'll tell you, he's really he is a big guy. Like he's really physical and really strong and a load to deal with if you're not you know, if you're not at tip top shape. He and he doesn't stop playing. You know, he's he, just got that automatic old man like yeah. I'm gonna take this like sort of weird ass hook shot yeah. from seven feet out and like it's gonna go in so fast. It's not I've never seen a shot go in faster. It was like a laser. Anyway, uh, yeah, Embiid, he, he's not all the way there on, on either end, really. But there's like a base level of, you know, he played 27 minutes. And uh, and when he's on the court, he, it's just, he's so much better than everybody else. It's yeah. crazy to see it. That first play, we almost like dunked over everybody. Was it Jason Smith that he would have dunked on? Oh, who fouled him? Yeah, he tried to kill him. I, like he yeah. tried to murder him. I mean, that was oh. a, yeah. Can you imagine Almost if he had made Nene, that? in that uh, Houston game on national TV. Yeah. So hopefully he didn't hurt himself. Yeah. This I don't... Actually, the whole game, so I'm sorry to interrupt you again. Yeah. The, the whole game, like, there was never, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, never an injury scare no. for me. No, he, he, and I had it written down on my notes. He never fell. Like, he never fell in a way that made me nervous, you know? Yeah, he hit the ground a couple times, but he didn't, like, it was never a, it was never a, because I watched the game on, I watched it later that night, and uh, I, there was never a time where I was like, "Why did no one alert me of this? I haven't, I'm not, I should be prepared for like this kind of fall, this sort of." And, but it was just like he seemed to, you know, not go play hard, but not like, <laughs> not preseason hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't want to go crazy like you do before the season. But yeah, <laughs> right. he he wasn't doing the things that we. We loved him for, but also wished he wouldn't do last year. Yeah. We, I didn't see a ton of that yet, and maybe it's not. Maybe it's because his wind isn't there yet. And I'll say, or, I, I would say, off basketball thing, I'm totally in favor of the cornrows, and oh yeah. I think they look great. It makes them look like uh, Ben Wallace. Who said that <laughs> to me? Somebody said that to me last night. Maybe it was Marks. Maybe Mark said it. It made him look like Ben Wallace. And then the other thing is after the game. Without provocation, he mentioned right. bust the process, which is. And he uh, smiled as he did it, like he was pissed about the loss, but he smiled as he said it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for any a- for any of the new people on the podcast, bust the process last year was to DC, and we had like four hundred people there, and he didn't even play, uh, but he hung out and took a picture with everybody, and he tweeted about it afterwards. But the fact that a year later, not a full year, but you know. Um, Ten months later, he's bringing it up. I think is pretty awesome. So he definitely just like likes the name. He has sure. to, yeah. Well, and I hope we, we have to. You know, I'll, you'll I'll get him sure. in, in Milwaukee for sure. Yeah, I'll make sure that he knows that we're coming to Milwaukee. So I just want to talk about Embiid. One one thing Embiid that I don't think we talk about that much is that like he has such soft touch on his jump shots. Yeah, that I've just never i've I've never seen anything like it from that big of a person. Uh, or from like any sixer ever, just like having a, such a soft touch from like 15, 15 plus feet out. And it's just, I mean, you just feel like it's going to go in. Can it- I have no idea how he gets the space or because people are scared of him driving by them, but like he, he goes up so fast and it's just like such soft touch. I can't believe he's real. I, mean, I just can't believe he's real. The, I can't believe he's real and he's on our team. The, t- the touch from like 16 feet actually reminds me of the way Ewing shot. Um, I thought you were going to say the way 
you shot, as in the way I shot. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> I've never seen you. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> no, yeah, I do have that kind of session. Thank you. But actually. for for anybody old enough to remember the glory days of Patrick yeah. Ewing, Ewing was mostly a you know a lot of a lot of jump shots. But his sweet spot was that you know fourteen to seventeen footer. Uh, a lot of times on the baseline, but it was always soft. It always the ball always you know spun backwards. It looked like the way a um, a uh, a guard would shoot it or something, you know, it was a, a nice soft touch. So I agree with you. And I think the, the short ones, I noticed it even more than the three pointer, you know, it just, yeah. it looks like if it hits the front of the rim, it's definitely going to hit the front, hit the backboard and then go in like that sort of touch. It looks like he has, um, faults. He was, I mean, he's, and be one more thing. He was working the ball around. Well, he, he wasn't like getting too locked in on getting his own thing. He shot, I mean, there was there was like balanced scoring. Three guys, the starting lineup got either everyone got th- fifteen shots, and then Bayless and Reddick got ten each. Like that's, it was a clean it's a clean game. There was there, there was a team move the ball around. There was one time when Embiid did like tried to do too much, and didn't pass it to Simmons, and uh, and then turned the ball over and gave up a three, and like. You, I, I was like, I wonder if there's any like weird friction. Like how does how does Ben Simmons tell Embiid, who's like you know, the most beloved person in Philadelphia. Like, hey, man, bad job. Pass yeah. it to me. Yeah, well, that'll be something they're going to have to figure out, really. You know, in terms of either the communication when things get tough like that, because they will have moments like that. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully the relationship is good enough, you know. that They're just sharing the court now, but they've known each other for a year. So hopefully, um, you know, that they... Hopefully there is a base of a relationship there that they can they can talk to each other. It just all seems so new as yeah. watching it, you know. Uh, I might I might have to be like body language guy to to feel who likes each other on the team. Wow. I used, to not, I used to not care like who cares who Adonis Thomas likes, but now that we have like the guys that you know, I don't want to turn into the Clippers of the last six years, where there's just guys and animosity that you can tell so i'm going to be uh, i'm going to be sifting through well, glances and and free throw high fives it really to get, to get what we need to it really started last year with dario and tj you know I mean, oh. that, that was the beginning of it i think so right. uh so faults two thoughts for me first while playing he looked better than i thought he would i thought he had a little more pop in his step than i yeah. expected but let me tell you something about the the free throw thing not trying to belabor a point but like if they don't do something about it i'm worried about it like he bricked those so badly that i don't want it to become a thing like one of those things where it becomes a mental thing rather than that that i think it is i think it is already can I, i i i don't mean for this to sound like a hot take he's 19 years old he's got a long career ahead of him i would yank him like off of playing for two weeks and get him in a gym every day uh for two and a half hours shooting free throws until he remembers how to shoot like a normal person because you can't you can't shoot like that and it's only going to get worse because then people are going to start fouling him you know what i mean and and other crowds are going to notice and that's the last thing we need is for him to have some like emotional issue with free throws and not be able to shoot them yeah, for sure. I think well, because like in the rhythm of the game, it's like when he took that little step back uh, over. I think it was Beal, um, like little fadeaway going to his left. That came off clean. It seemed real, and and it was like probably like a twelve footer or so. Um, but then there was a, another time when he shot 
uh, jumper within the game that he was in his head about. And it just takes it takes a while. He seems uncomfortable. I think it's a combination of his shoulders hurting him a little bit, and he's trying this other thing. And I I don't know if it's about because his, his I mean he is he does have bounce and like he's he's playing hard and he's pushing the ball. Um, and he looked pr- I'd say pretty good yeah. last night. Yeah. Um, he got he got worked on D on John Wall. And it looks sort of it looks sort of like nice to see. Be like, hey man, you got a long way to go. Um, but he's hustling. He's he's getting some. He's doing some doing dirty work. He had a nice uh, recovery block in transition. Um, but yeah, I think that like the foul shooting is just like it's the foul shooting plus the he. I I, I don't think he would like take a three at this point because his shot is not there and maybe his shoulder hurts. Um, but it's it's for sure. I mean, I I keep saying this like. I can't even take it seriously. Like it looks so obviously wrong, and maybe he's stu- like stubborn about it. About like I'm, and the team is like handling him with kid gloves about whether or not they can say something about, "Hey, man, do the thing from before. It was fine, and just get better at that." But if it's if it's a shoulder thing and he's just working through it, then like, there's I mean, there's got to be something. Yeah, <laughs> but if this it's, is the if, answer, if, whatever it is, like this is not the answer. Yeah, if if it's a shoulder thing that's causing him to shoot that way, then I would say just don't play him until the shoulder thing goes away. Like let's yeah. fix the shoulder thing. I I don't want to, I don't I don't want to make this a bigger deal than it is. But it's I think it's a deal, and I think the longer they let it go, the, it's not going to fix itself. I don't think so. I don't think just all of a sudden he's going to show up one day and start shooting like a normal person again. Um, it's it's so bad, and I'm telling you, people are going to get on it. There's going to be things on ESPN. All, about on. I think it's there already. I think yeah. we're there. Yeah. So, um, um, but, he, but he was, but he was. They basically he didn't play at all yesterday without TJ or Simmons on the court, um, and so they're basically be, like having him just like just playing off. You don't ball. Much, yeah, you don't have much responsibility. Like, find your things, do some cuts, work the work the ball around. He had a couple nice passes, a couple nice cuts, a couple nice like rebounds in traffic. Uh, he looked he looked good. I mean, it was it was a for a guy who played 18 minutes uh, after only two preseason games and like sort of not finding his way and also not having not having the jumper where it should be. Uh, he looked fine. I'm I'm I'd say a reasonable like a reasonably non disastrous first game. Yeah, I thought he I thought he looked all right. I, I did too. Better than I thought he was going to look. Uh, more was, active was, than I thought he was. going to yeah. look. Um, and it was really cool when him. Him, Simmons, and Bede were on the court together, For, and then Dario, Dario, and JJ were on there also. And it was like, this is, this is like, process, heaven. Yeah, we're it, there. It was, and that lasted what two minutes? I think he was on the court with those guys together. I was looking at the lineups this morning. I think he was on the court for two minutes with Simmons and Embiid. So, um, cool. I want to get to. Uh, Covington and McConnell, and then just some sort of odds and ends. But before we do. Why don't we talk about the original sponsor of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast? That is LL Pavorsky Jewelers. So I was at Xfinity Live last night for the watch party. I'm standing there watching the game. How'd that go? uh, It went great. went great. Um, LL came up to me and uh, came out of nowhere, you know, sort of as he does. And he goes, leans into me. He goes, we got 56 today. 
And, <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, what are you talking about? And he was like, engagement rings. I was like, oh, that's great. So Any number I say. Yeah. yeah. You 50, should know that. I, I should have known that. 56 engagement rings sold by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers to our listeners. And we're so proud because we believe in uh, L.L. so much and he believes in us. Hey, Are you going to talk about your theory or no? No, absolutely not. I don't think that's a theory that we should share on, on the podcast. Okay. I, th- I think that's a private theory. But now people can wonder what the theory is. So that's amazing. Right. So now it become a thing. So two specials to tell you about for the month of October. First, the two-year anniversary special to celebrate two years that he has been sponsoring the podcast. $100 off any item of $500 or more. Only till the end of October. You can get the coupon at our website. And then the Bus the Process 3 special. Buy an engagement ring for $4,000 or more from LL. Agree to get engaged on Bust the Process 3, and LL will pay for you and your fiancé's trip to Bust the Process 3, which is Chicago and Milwaukee in um, in March, which is a value of about $1,200. Look, you know LL wants to make your engagement ring selection process personal and special, and now he wants to make your engagement moment anything but uh, those two things doing, <laughs> on a bus. I doing it on a bus, but I think it's going to be awesome. But also, you can obviously buy an engagement ring from LL and not do your um, not do your engagement on. But uh, it is encouraged. Process, but it's encouraged, right? So if you want to buy an engagement ring from LL, two one five six two seven two two five two. Call, make an appointment. Visit at seven oh seven Walnut. Email him at llpavorsky.com or just tweet him at llpavorsky. And for every podcast, LL makes generous donations to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence and Justice Rescue. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Because you're going to want a ring before the Sixers win theirs. Ooh, that's a good one. That sounds like one that you actually thought about. Nope. Oh. <laughs> um, let's talk about Robert Covington. Covington, come on. I can't believe it took this long. So it wasn't even like, you know, I went – I watched the highlights on CSN after the or NBC Sports Philly after the game, NBC mm-hmm. Sports Philadelphia after the game, and you know watching Covington hit the three pointers live, I was like extra space, extra space, extra space. He didn't even really have that much extra space. He just didn't think about it. He yeah. uh, he was shooting quickly. He wasn't even standing still every time. Um, he, I mean. 29 points he, he was the leading scorer in the game and he he looks honestly body wise how far oh, here we go well no how far he's come physically is amazing the, i i'd say the only thing that i would have done was um and you can't do this to him too often but i think i probably would have put him on wall more you know with the problems yep. they were having guarding wall um but the especially bayless and that's that's something we can get to in a minute when we get to yep. the tj thing but uh, covington is the the dude is legit and whatever deal they have in place with him um i would and i think they do have one in place with him yeah jesus i would wonder if the agent isn't going to say hey we want three million dollars more with how he looks right now he's so good man he's so good and van gundy made a good point like you just got to run him off the line and ask him to dribble and he's not like He's not a terrible decision maker or a terrible athlete or like he passed the ball up, but like he's so good at just hitting shots quickly that if you don't run him off the line, like you, the, the alternative is if he can ever develop like a first step, like a real first step that he can just go right to the basket because he's, he's athletic enough to move, then it's a, it's a crazy weapon. But he had five turnovers last night, a lot, a lot of which because, 
was was just like when when someone was close enough to throw him off his rhythm and he had to make a decision. Um, but man, those shots were in. They were getting up quick. It was. I mean, he got hot. He he checked so fast. He, I mean, remember when Deadspin said that they have Robert Covington to lose games? Yeah. Oh, what assholes. I mean, he looks so good. This was honestly like... He's their second best player right now. Right this second, he's their second best player to Embiid. Honestly, his defense was not... not. I mean, good, but not Covington good last night. No, like, it no. wasn't as It wasn't as good as I, I'm used to. Um, he, like, let Kelly Oubre and Otto Porter do a little bit too much. But, uh, but man, I, I mean, maybe... That might have made me happier last night than anything else. That and like Redick pulling up for three, like in transition and just banging it in, like Covington's success last night and just being like on fire. I mean, I love the guy. I love him so much. Ugh. Really can't decide whether for the second live Ricky, the perfect guest is Covington or Dario. I have mixed yeah. feelings on it. Like, they have to be the leaders, right? I mean, those have to be the two guys that we think I about think, going I, after. I, I think it's Covington. I think it's Covington. I feel really strongly that it's Covington. Yeah. I I feel like Covington is right, whereas Dario might get the more passionate response. <laughs> right? It's fun. Yeah. We can't go wrong. Yeah. Also, let's keep – let's run through it because I don't want to miss anybody. Like, so Redick, like, it's just, just – you know, he missed that shot at the end, but he makes that – you know, seven out of ten times. Got blocked and, pretty good one time going to the rim. He looked pretty yeah. good. I mean, he looked like if, if that's the worst he's, you know, if that's an average cut, I think the average Reddit game is actually better than what we saw last night. Yeah, and even and even then he was a plus 17 and, like, commanded the defense. They He did a little pick and roll with Embiid towards the end of the game and Wall and Gortat got mixed up and then Embiid got an open dunk. It's like, if you have a guy that they're willing to leave Embiid to go cover that's so valuable it's it's just weaponized shooting and that's something i mean like hopefully covington gets there and hopefully covington can make the decision but like he covington's not in those pick and roll plays where they're we're forcing guys to make a decision yet no Uh, and it's fun to like see how much like great outside shooting impacts the other team and make forces them to make a decision well and like uh yeah, sorry. He's well, not. He's pretty clearly, you know, if Curry and Clay Thompson are obviously the two best shooters in the NBA, Redick is like he's right behind that. That's what that's where he is, you know, as as far as reliable three point shooter, quick. Um, you know, I I I don't I don't think I I think he's probably in close to a league by himself right after those guys. If you're talking about guard three point shooters in the NBA, yeah, and then uh, even like so, the Sixers have been. The a hallmark of the the Eddie Jordan and Doug, especially Doug Collins Sixers was like pointless dribble handoffs with like Spencer Hawes and Evan Turner and just like him with like no purpose, never any like intent to to go up with it or score. It was just like we need to do something on offense and giving someone else the ball in a in this position twenty five feet away from the basket is what we're gonna do. But now that we have shooters and spacing, like dribble handoffs become a real weapon because it again forces defense to make a choice, and we have guys that can just go up with it. And so, like dribble handoffs are good now. How about that? Yeah, it's it's like a real NBA team. <laughs> it's I do, like... I do, I do want to say what what. How do you feel about the little 
Well, nearly every possession, point guard flip to the big man at the top of the key, flip back to them. Well, we've been doing that for, I think, like two years now, haven't we? But, I, I, but I it's remember. now even – it's even more now. Yeah. It seems like they're, they're doing it like like it's like an uh, – it's almost like it's an OCD thing. Yeah, I was like, gonna, you have to do it before you start the offense. Yeah, that that's what I was going to say. It, if it allows them to get in the right mindset to get the offense started, I don't know. With as quickly as they push the ball, it doesn't seem like they're ever milking the clock to the end of it. So I don't. It doesn't bother me. It feels familiar it's, now. Yeah, well, it's definitely the cutest thing anyone's ever done on the court. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> definitely appealing to like the cute fan base of like, hey, watch us do this little dance. The the only thing that Reddick didn't look great doing yesterday was trying to guard Brad Beal. Uh, our and Brad Beal's good. I like he, that he's deal. very good. But I mean, and Reddick's a pretty good defender. But I, our starting backcourt defensively was sort of a disaster last yeah. night, and yeah. that brings us to um, one Timothy John McConnell. And yes, I don't think they're going to make a. Um, like, look, with his, I thought he played really well last night. I just thought he showed great command. I, I think mm-hmm. that's where he is. He's super confident. Um, and obviously, I think he'll play more, assuming they trade Bayless at the deadline. You know, I don't know. I don't know that they will. You're watching. Did you? Think they're going into a timeout. Bayless and Brett Brown were like hugging and laughing. I mean, I think Brett Brown is so happy that there's yeah. shooters and real players in this team. I, I, it'll depend on how much they want. The, the full cap space next year. Um, I, I think, and how, how Markel's playing. I th- yes, totally how Markel's playing. Right, because if Markel's playing great, I think it's a lot easier to trade him, um, yeah. obviously. I, I think you, depending on who you're playing, I don't think starting McConnell is a crazy thing, depending on the opposing point guard. Who are you talking to? I know. I know that I agree with you. After watching last night, I just sort of agree with you. I we we were a we could not stop him at all, especially with Embiid. No, not nobody being... can stop John Wall. That's sort no. of a level of doing. He's maybe one of the two hardest point guards to guard in the league. So, but, but Bayless I, I don't... plays defense like Ish Smith did. He just sort yeah. of like watches. He doesn't. And I'm not anti him. I know what the the advantage of him is, but he doesn't. You know, he doesn't fight around screens. He doesn't. You know, mm-hmm. once once Wall he doesn't body him up. Once Wall gets by him, it's just sort of like okay, fine. He just. He, he he's not interested in it, and I think yeah. it shows. So. Reddick and Reddick does. Reddick does fight around screens, mm-hmm. but yeah, when, when he's running shooters around, it's just like he's gonna get he's gonna get on somebody's hip. Uh, a couple of quick things before we wrap up here. Yeah, uh, we had talked about the battle for minutes with the wing: zero yeah. minutes for Stauskas, zero for Anderson, zero for Korkmaz. It went pretty much all to TLC. Yeah, who had he looked a, good? Uh, uneven. Look good. Look bad. He looked, he looked good. He like I feel like you're 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 slipping into being in on TLC. No, I feel no, like no, I feel no, like no, some no. I feel like some crow eating is coming. No, so. no, 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 no. You were not even close to that, buddy. I can he promise you that one. He looks great. He's moving around. He's cutting. He's he had a, he had a three. He's feeling good. He's, he's everyone's happy there. He looks good in the in the seven. I love it. Dario had a rough night. Really, he did. Rough night. Yeah, he did. And I I wish that they. Uh, took him out earlier i wish that it was just like he's not getting anything going and i you know he played 23 minutes i i would have rather seen a more physical athletic justin anderson in there uh for like you know five five to eight of his minutes because because it just didn't seem like anything was going um 
he he's great. I'm, uh, I'm not saying take him out permanently, but I just think last night it was pretty clear that he's he not have it. Yeah. doing anything. Yeah, uh, he sh- who should not be named did not get off the bench. I was fine with that. Uh, I don't know. Watching him and Stauskas sitting there made me sad. I'll tell you. I wonder what Okafor thinks, uh, given that he is not on the opening night T-shirt. I know he looks at the Instagram stuff and he gets depressed that he's not part of the team. He's also not on the opening night T-shirt that the Sixers are giving out. So I wonder who's who's on the T-shirt. Uh, the six dudes. So it's uh, Fultz, Redick. I say the six. Like you should know who that is. Fultz. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Fultz, Redick, and Bead. Covington, TJ, no, 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 TJ. Uh, Fultz, Reddick, Embiid, um, Covington, Sarich, Simmons. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and Amir, Amir Johnson. I I really enjoyed Amir Johnson last night. There, there were for sure. He fouled out in 15 minutes, which yeah. I love. He uh, he took a couple crazy shots uh, that he just shouldn't do, but. Uh, but he's working, he's hustling. Every time he falls down, I'm, I feel like I can hear what he's saying in his mind. Like, <laughs> why am I fucking like, on these fucking knees? Like, when they made him do it, like, he had to do a jump ball, didn't he? He did a jump yeah, ball at one point. Yeah. And then he was like, he was like, let Covington do it. I don't want to do this shit. Yeah. Like, it was very, I really, a guy that I, there's so many guys on this team, and just like guys in general, that three or four years ago, when hate. the Sixers had nobody, I would hate. And I'd be yeah. so frustrated with it. But now that, like we have the guys, we can surround them with like grizzled, uh, lethal weapon vets, like Danny Glover. Like we could do that, and that's fun, and I can, and that's endearing now, rather than like why is Luke Bamute taking seventeen shots? I just thought of Danny Glover going, "I'm too old for this." Like I thought of him. Exactly. All right. Uh, that's everybody. We yeah, talked everybody. that's everybody. We got to wrap up. Uh, okay, so we'll be back Saturday. What? Did you hear the broadcasting or no? no uh, not really. I was at Xfinity. Like it was on, but I didn't hear much of it. Okay, a couple, a couple more things. Uh, the broadcasters just did not want to talk about Washington. Like the whole time. They talked, I would say, 80% about the Sixers. It was really like very obvious. Yeah. If I was a Washington fan, I would be pissed off. I thought like, I heard, every, everything was about the Sixers. I thought I heard Van Gundy say that the Sixers were like could be the fifth best team in the East. Yeah. Yeah. That a couple times. Yeah. yeah. He was feeling good. Uh, a couple more things. They didn't really box out much. It just it seemed like they were like especially guys Washington had 16 offensive rebounds. Especially guys uh, on the baseline. Kelly Oubre had a couple of those. Uh, that's got to be worked on. Um, so so many of their guys are like Amir Johnson is a fundamental player. Like he'll throw a body into people, but so many like Simmons and Embiid, and even and then you have the guard play who are good at rebounding uh, are so like are just seek out, seek out the ball and just go out jump somebody, and they gotta be able to put some bodies on people because it's the NBA and you can't do that. Uh, last thing, uh, at the end of the third, first quarter, did you see the kid holding up a TTP sign? Oh yes, well he's holding it up backwards or something. Well, yes, yeah, so then he held the TTP sign and then like it sort of fell fell down a little bit and he holds it back up and as they're going to commercial, Tim holding up a blank sign. It was so good. I laughed my head off. It was amazing. I love that kid. And then like the Sixers traveled well. Like they took over the gym. Like we're, we're Eagles fans are now Sixers fans now. Like it's a whole. Malcolm Jenkins is on board. Everybody, it's all it's happening, man. We did it. Yeah, Blunt's we a big Sixers it. fan. Yeah, we made it. We won the championship. We can't be wrong. <laughs> they are certainly one to know. Yep. Uh, all right, we'll be back on Saturday with a uh, a normal normal Ricky. Wait, um, we're doing Saturday. We're we doing Sunday. No, the Eagles don't play. Yeah, let's do Saturday. I think, but they have a game Saturday night. Is what I'm saying. Oh, um, up to you. I we'll talk about it. We'll talk yeah, about we'll it. talk about it. Either Saturday or Sunday. You can vote. <laughs>
tweet at us. Let us know what Dave's bet. <laughs> because they also play for. I feel like re- reacting right after the boss, the home opener, like might sure. be necessary. So I don't. If we put. If we make Boston zero three. That'd be very fun. That would be very fun, and that would put a certain uh, coach on a certain hot seat. I think. Yeah. I do really feel bad about making the jokes because that Gordon Hayward stuff is really upsetting. I know. Well, when but after their own three, I think it's fair game. That's <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> Great. Okay. You down with TTP? Mm-mm. Not yet. Not yet. Sam Hinkie, belated genius, I guess. Is that what we call him? He worked for the Sixers, figured out this loophole in the draft system. It worked, but he got fired, and now he is a hero in Philadelphia. I think it's Hinkieism. I think the man has started a. He, he, it's like Marxism. I mean, he reframes the way we think about the world. <laughs> the funniest thing about it is the Sixers fans love him now. And so now you really have to face yourself in the mirror every day look at the reality of what's here and the reality of what can be. Nobody bought any Paul Millsap jerseys. <laughs> nobody cheered for Paul Millsap because nobody gives up about Paul Millsap. Can we end the podcast on that? That was so good. This is 100% Hinky, 0% Colangelo. It's not about how it turns out. It's not about how it turns out. I mean, it was just... I can't believe it was real. Like yeah. as much as I, as much as I've been like the picks are swapping, the picks will swap. I believe the picks will swap. The fact that it actually did, just so good. Yes, me. I'll continue to talk about. We can try to keep our end goal in mind, which is to build a championship caliber team in Philly. Um, that won't come overnight.